Hello, welcome to DocsCast. I'm Daniel Silver, and I'm back here today with Eve Tushnet. Hi there, I'm back. And today we're going to start off with kind of an elevator pitch for why Christians should watch horror films, and then we're going to dive right into Eve's uh, top nine underrated vampire films. So Eve, take it away, elevator pitch. Ha. Well, so I don't, I never would say people should watch any particular kind of film, but reasons that I really like horror as a genre, one, that it can have an, an, an especially hard-won sense of hope when the final girl kind of crawls away at the end and she survives. You can really get a feeling of, well, maybe I will survive whatever awful thing I'm going through. On the other hand, when she doesn't crawl away, when it ends badly, you can at least have the solace of kind of camaraderie of other people also know that the world might be really awful. Other people see this with me. What I go for the most, I think, in horror that I find there more than in other genres is sublimity. Images of such striking power and beauty that they're frightening. The kind of monumental horror image, uh, as a, a writer Sean Collins calls it, it's probably one of the things that sticks with me most and that comes up more in horror than elsewhere. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, and we'll post in the notes, uh, Eve and I on another podcast did about an hour on kind of the horror genre in general. And so from the Wayward podcast, so I'll, I'll post that in the links. Uh, but right now we're going to move into the top nine underrated vampire films. So Eve, take it away. All right, number nine, uh, Kronos from Guillermo del Toro. I have a hard time with del Toro, so probably it should be higher than nine, but here it is. Things that stand out to me with Kronos are, first of all, what if vampires were, were caused by mechanical insects? It's kind of amazing, and he's definitely the person who would do that. And then the other thing is the, the way that you take a vampire film from scary or funny to or awesome to really sad is often to have a child. The vampire fantasy is the fantasy of never growing old, but the but the child makes it suddenly a story of never being able to grow up. And so the relationship between the old man and the child in Kronos, I think, adds a lot of suspense and a lot of real sadness to it. Should I just keep going? Uh, yeah, just keep going. I, I will say really quick that for DocsCon 2018, our keynote speaker is actually going to be talking on the works of Del Toro, actually. Ah, excellent. So number eight, Dracula's Daughter. There are a lot of what might be called lesbian vampire films. This is probably, this is the oldest one I can think of off the top of my head. It's black and white. It stars Gloria Holden, I believe, as a, a woman with the very sad secret that she is Dracula's daughter and doesn't want to be. And he has kind of left her this terrible legacy of blood sucking that she's trying to get rid of. Her hands are incredibly gorgeous. She has the most beautiful, spooky hands that I can think of. And basically, every time she's on screen and her hands are there, it's an amazing movie, and the rest of the movie is kind of blah. Near Dark. Near Dark is one of two well, fairly well-known vampire movies that came out in 1987. It is on this list because it is just a really good vampire film. Lots of these have lots of these have kind of pitches where you're like, oh, in Kronos, the vampirism is called by, caused by mechanical insects. No, Near Dark is just really good at doing what it does, and also has an unusual protagonist in that the normal guy turns out to be uh, much scarier and to have sort of darker, more violent undercurrents to his personality than you might suspect. The other well-known popular vampire movie of 1987 is next on our list the first r-rated movie i ever saw the lost boys this is a movie that everyone is like oh haha ha, the lost boys go and watch it it is really funny it is incredibly well done it's by joel schumacher so he's trying really hard to please you 
And I'll say this about The Lost Boys, it has three of the best openings in 1980s horror. All three of them are great. Uh, so yeah, try it again. Okay, I have not actually seen that yet, because I think as I've said before, I'm not a huge horror fan, but um, Lost Boys will definitely be on my list now. Right. Uh, speaking of things that people think are cheesy, this one really is incredibly cheesy. Bram Stoker's Dracula from the 1990s. Francis Ford Coppola, at the point where nobody could say no to him, decides that this is what he wants to do with his life. And he makes a movie where crazy Gary Oldman stabs a cross with a sword and it bleeds blood. It's so great. The acting is really bad. Uh, it stars Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder surprisingly wouldn't hear, but it is gorgeous to look at. So spooky and creepy and gothic and cool. It's ultra 90s. It has no meaning. It is just gorgeous. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite vampire films. I, I've actually seen it several times and, and it is just gorgeous. Everything is so well thought out. Everything looks amazing and it is so over the top and corny though too. It's, it's amazing. Right. Uh, number four, Thirst. This is a Korean movie about a priest who, in a semi-suicidal gesture, ends up infected with vampire blood and becomes a vampire Catholic priest. This is a hard-to-watch movie. It is very violent. It's especially hard to watch if you, if you really care about the sacraments, because this really goes there in vampirism as desecration. You know, vampire movies can take a lot of things that they want the vampirism to stand for, like addiction or illicit sexuality, which also comes into play here. But this one, I think, goes especially hard on vampirism as desecration. Yeah, ultimately a strange, sad movie, especially worth watching if you have a pretty strong stomach. That's really interesting. We one of our one of our speakers this year, Karen Ulo, is actually wrote a book called Jennifer the Dam that explores a lot of the same themes, where it's a young teenage girl who's becoming a vampire while living in a Catholic school, actually. And so there's a lot of interesting interaction between her and communion and and kind of the redemptive nature of that. Right. I think most vampire movies that try to do a lot with Catholicism or religion tend to make the vampirism look smaller by comparison. This one, I think because it is so brutal and, again, desecrating, actually is scary enough to sort of stand up to what it's talking about. The third one, number three, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. The summary that people heard of this was, what if there was an Iranian, Californian, black and white vampire movie about a lady who gets her revenge on dudes? And it kind of is that, and it's amazing, but it's also uh, just a lyrical movie. Gorgeous. The music is so well woven into the story. And it's a, it's sort of a love story. The way I summarized it was a cat and a mouse might fall in love, but where would they live? It's really fun from Anna Maria Amanpour. The second one, Valeria and her week of wonder, a Czech or Czechoslovakian at the time film in which I think it's, it's a lovely movie about a girl who starts out incredibly innocent. The first five minutes of the film are just like overwhelming you with innocence imagery, who be, uh, is plunged into a violent world of vampirism. It is gorgeous to look at. It's also frankly, you know, we have vampirism as addiction, vampirism as desecration. This is kind of vampirism as clergy sexual abuse. It's a short movie. It is hard to watch basically for that reason, because of the underlying themes, which are brought out pretty bluntly. Okay, and coming in at number one. My personal one that I really think everyone, this is the, 
Even if you don't think you want to watch it, maybe you do. The Addiction by uh, Abel Ferrara. A black and white, these are all unnecessarily black and white movies. A black and white movie from the 90s about uh, starring Lily Taylor and Edie Falco. The movements are very scary. This is one that has unusually scary vampire movements and convincing unusual body movements of the vampires. And an enormous amount of philosophy that sounds like when they're talking, you're like, this must be dumb, right? They sound like they're saying idiotic stuff and then you listen to it and it's actually quite smart it's about it, this actually would be a good answer to the question from last week about which movies have good theodicy this movie has terrible theodicy or very confusing theodicy but that's basically what it's about it's about why do humans do evil and proposes a series of answers which don't quite make sense in terms of christian theology but are haunting well thank you for joining us again eve Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> this has been Doxacast. I'm Daniel Silver, and I was talking to Eve Tushnet. <laughs>